Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. I'm thankful because the the Lord had given me a word. Um, I've been writing it down, and I've been adding it to it. And so um, I'm going to do my best to bring the word um, that the Lord wants for us to receive tonight through him. All right, so COVID. COVID came to clean out the church, to take out what was strong by weeding out the weak, bringing in new harvests, and um, to teach the church the power and the strength of faith. Nothing moved the hand of God more than the faith. Many of the healings Lord, the Lord did, he did it by the people's faith. Go ahead, Tiffany. La enfermedad de COVID vino a limpiar la iglesia para sacar lo que no estaba fuerte, eliminando lo que estaba débil, trayéndonos nueva cosecha, nueva cosecha, para enseñar a la iglesia el poder y la fuerza de la fe. Nada movía la mano de Dios más que la fe. Muchos de los de la um, muchos de los que Dios sanó fue cuando por la fe fue por la fe. Yeah. All right, and and I've spoken about this before, but the Lord, He impressed upon my heart that this is what we need to speak about again and add it to it. So. Um, When he healed, he gave credit to the faith by making a statement like in the parable of the lady with the issue of blood. She reached for his garment because she had enough faith that if she could just touch him, she could be healed. As soon as she touched him, what did he do? He felt her touch. He felt her touch and he told her, your faith has healed you. Cuando él sanaba, él le daba crédito a la fe. Al decir este, esto que él mencionó, en el, la parábola de la mujer con, la, con el problema de sangrado, ella fue a tocar su manto porque ella tenía suficiente fe que si ella solamente podía tocarlo, ella podía ser sanada. Y tan pronto que ella lo tocó, él le dijo que... Y tan pronto que ella lo tocó, ¿qué fue lo que él hizo? Él sintió el toque de ella y le dijo, tu fe te ha sanado. Amen. And um, he also asked for faith. Because in the story of the two blind men, he healed their blindness. Those men, like the lady of the issue of blood, they followed Jesus. And not only did they follow him, they were crying and saying, son of David, have mercy on us. They were not begging. They were in need. And they sought after the one who could supply their need. And they did not go empty-handed. They carried the faith of a grain of a mustard seed. Él lo que pidió fue la fe. En la historia de los dos hombres que estaban ciegos, él, san, él los sanó para que pudieran ver. Esos hombres también como la mujer que tuvo problemas del sangrado, que siguieron a Jesús. Y no solamente lo siguieron, pero ellas estaban llorando a él y diciéndole, Hijo de David, ten misericordia de nosotros. Estaban clamándole por su necesidad y estaban buscando al que podía suplir sus necesidades y no se iban vacíos, con las manos vacías. Se llevaron su fe, ese grano de mostaza. Amen. 
And what did he ask them? What did he ask them? ¿Y qué fue lo que pidió? He asked them, do you believe? Do you believe? Y él les preguntó, ¿ustedes creen? ¿Ustedes creen? Do you believe that I am able to do this? Do we believe that God is able to fill this church up? Y dijo, ¿ustedes creen que yo estoy, que yo puedo hacer esto? ¿Ustedes creen que podemos llenar esta iglesia? Amen. What did they say? They said, yes, Lord. ¿Y qué fue lo que dijeron? Dijeron, sí, Señor. They didn't say, no, God. It's never going to happen. Ellos, no, God. That's not possible. They said, yes, Lord. Ellos no dijeron, no, Señor, no es posible. No, Señor, no es posible. Ellos dijeron, sí, Señor, es posible. Amen. So in my imagination, I imagine Jesus saying, show me your grain of mustard seed and I will heal your issue of blood. I will heal your blindness and believe that he is asking each and every one of us for that mustard seed of faith. En mi imaginación, yo imagino a Jesús diciendo, enséñeme, enséñeme en su grano de mostaza y yo voy a sanar su... su cuerpo, voy a sanar sus problemas de sangrado, tu se la ceguedad. la ceguedad, y yo creo que Él está pidiendo de cada uno de nosotros que nosotros tengamos una pequeña semilla de mostaza. Amen. So in the book of James, chapter 2, verse 14 through 24, we can read about the faith without works being dead. See, we cannot just say that we have faith. We really have, we really must have it. We have to have, we have to have the faith and do the works that God wants us to do. We can't just keep saying this church is going to be full and not go out there and help it get full, not invite people, not live the life that God wants us to live before the people so that they can want him just as much as we have him. En el libro de Santiago, capítulo 2, verso 14 al 24, podemos leer de la fe y entendemos que sin, sin los trabajos la fe está muerta. No podemos solamente decir tenemos fe, tenemos que tener la fe, tenemos que orar y darle gracias a Dios y estar preparados para lo que sea que es que Él necesita que nosotros hagamos para Él. Amen. And, and with that, um, We need to be praying and thanking God for already doing whatever it is that we have need of. We have to already thank him. We have to believe that this church is going to be full. Y we can't just keep in our minds saying, well, the people don't want God. We have to believe that they want God because they do want God and that they're going to find a church like this one. Y con eso deberemos de darle gracias a Dios y dar gracias a Dios por hacer todas estas cosas. Debemos de creer dando gracias y creyendo que Dios va a trabajar porque Él va a tocar a cada uno que venga aquí. Tenemos familiares que Dios puede tocar que deberían y pueden estar en esta iglesia. Amen. So Tiffany added to that and she said, we have family members that could be here. They're lost. They can be here. So, um, all right. So, Not only do we, do we thank God ahead of time because we know he's going to do it. He's promised us. There's been word that have come to Calvary many of times. There's been prophecy that have come many of times that the Lord's going to do a work. 
And we have to believe that. We can't just sit back and let the enemy of our minds steal and kill the mind and, you know, just take everything that God promised us away from us. Y con eso vamos a creer y vamos a We're going to believe that. Vamos a creer y vamos a dar gracias creyendo yes. que el Señor vamos a usar esa fe y cuando nos vayamos de aquí vamos a con esa fe seguir andando y no permitir que el diablo nos robe esa fe y Amen. que nos quite esa mentalidad que tenemos pensando y entendiendo de que Dios lo va a hacer. Yes. And so I need God to do a lot of things, not so much for myself, but for my family. I have a lot of loved ones that are lost and on their way to a burning hell if they don't turn their life around and, um, and give themselves to the Lord. But don't get me wrong. I have some things I need God to do, personal things that I need God to do for me. Um, but I have the faith that I know that God's going to take care of those things. Um, but I, um, I ask him for my family more than for myself because they need God. And I, I feel that in my life I have God and I, I need him to take care of some things. We all need him to take care of some things for us. But there's some people in our lives that don't have God at all, you know, that they may have had God and they walked away from him, um, but they need God. Yo necesito que Dios haga muchas cosas no solamente para mí, sino para mi familia. Yo tengo muchos queridos que están perdidos y están de, derechos a caminar, caminando al infierno. Y si ellos no voltean su vida y no se entregan al Señor, terminan ahí. Um, Dice, no crean que no tengo cosas que necesito del Señor. Yo también tengo necesidades personales para mí pero tengo fe y sé que Él va a permanecer justo y va a continuar a bendecir. Yes. Y voy a seguir creyendo de que Él va a cuidar todas mis necesidades, pero mis necesidades no son, solamente, no son el infierno y, y el reino de los cielos. Sí, por eso es que... I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. Por eso es que pongo las necesidades de todos mis queridos al frente de las mías. Porque ninguno de nosotros estamos prometidos, no, tenemos la promesa de vivir para siempre. Y yo necesito que ellos también lleguen al reino de los cielos. Supongo so, sus necesidades antes que las mías. Yes. So, um, she went on to say that I believe and I have faith and I know that he will be, he will remain faithful. God will be faithful and he will continue and I will continue to believe that he will take care of my needs but the needs of my family are a hell and have an issue. So, I will put their needs first and pray that God will turn their lives around. He's promised so many promises to my family that they are going to be saved and I believe God's going to do it. I know he's going to. Um, the Bible says that without faith Nothing is possible, and that without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. I have that faith. I believe that God is going to take care of some things. He's not only going to take care of it in my life and in my family's life, he's going to take care of it in this church and in the lives of my brothers and sisters in Christ. 
Y la Biblia dice que sin fe no es, nada es posible. Y sin la fe es imposible agradar a Dios. Y yo tengo fe de que Dios va a tocar a mis familias, mis necesidades y hay muchos aquí en esta iglesia. And the parable in the Bible that speaks of having faith the size of a mustard seed is very interesting to me because a mustard seed is very little. So the mustard seed is so tiny that you have to be careful when it's in your hand that you don't lose it or you don't drop it because it's so tiny. And if you do drop it, you may not find it because it's so itty-bitty. And I, and I was looking for mustard seeds because the Lord's been speaking to me about the faith of a mustard seed. Um, and I've been looking for mustard seeds, and I couldn't seem to find them. And I kept finding the, what is it, the colander seeds? Coriander. Yeah, those are bigger. They're way bigger than the mustard seed. And I'm thinking, can I just pass that off and just tell them that this is a mustard seed? No, I can't. You know why? Because this is a mustard seed. Itty bitty as it is. The other seed is probably 10, 15 of these put together that make that other seed. And with this seed, a beautiful tree can grow, right? With just this little tiny seed. Um, but anyways, so he's been speaking to me and, um, and this whole situation about starting Spanish ministry here at Calvary. And he just tells me, just keep the faith, keep the faith, the size of a mustard seed and see what I can do. La parábola en la Biblia habla de tener fe del tamaño de una semilla de mostaza. Y es bien interesante esta parábola para mí porque una semilla de mostaza es tan pequeña que si la ponemos en nuestras manos y no tenemos cuidado, se nos puede caer fácil. Y si se cae, es tan pequeña que si tratamos de encontrarla, Quizás no podemos poder ver ni el tamaño de ella. So, have you ever wondered that maybe our lack of faith may be more that we lack our relationship with God. We're lacking in our relationship with God. And, and so I, I've asked God, am I lacking in my relationship with you? Because am I not trusting you? I don't want to stop. I tell pastor, don't stop. Don't cancel. Just let's keep on. Even if it's just two or three of us. The Bible says where two or three would gather in his name. There he would be in the midst of us, right? I, I know there's a hungry people out there. I know that the Spanish community, they're not all Catholic in their ways. There's some, I came from Catholic, being a Catholic. I was so hungry for God, and I was thankful that God found me where I was in my, I was in my low, lowest point in my life when the Lord found me. And um, it was, I was in the, in the pit. I mean, I, I, 
cried. I was depressed. I was on medication for depression. This is not part of my notes. So. <laughs> I was on medication for depression, and I was, I was at my lowest point. So low that the Lord had to sing a song to me through the radio because I love to listen to music. So through the radio, this song, and I've told people before, a song just came on, and it was a man singing the song. I've never heard it again. They never announced who was singing it. They never announced the song. They never, you know, the radio stations usually say that. They did not. But the song was, My Child. I know you have hit rock bottom, but I'm right there with you to pick you up. And I was just like, what? Because <laughs> I was shocked. I was like, I never heard this song before. I listen to this radio station all the time. And I was. I was at rock bottom. I was where I needed God. And sometimes we have to pray for rock bottom in people's lives. Yeah. We have to pray that whatever it takes, God, whatever. And, and then we can't be crying and saying, oh, God, but I shouldn't have prayed that. No, whatever it takes. Yes. And I, I hope that somebody was praying that for me because it was whatever it took. I got off of depression medication when I came to the Lord. I didn't need any of that medication anymore. It was just holding on to me while I was, like, in my little crybaby self and Nothing was ever right. I could never do nothing right. You know, my kids were growing up, and um, and I had lost a big chunk of my kids' life because I worked three full-time jobs, which I know it sounds impossible, but it was possible. I did it. I worked three full-time jobs, and I lost a lot of my kids' life. I don't remember a lot of things they tell me things that I can't even remember because I wasn't there. I was always working, always. And then God opened a door. I worked Monday through Friday. I didn't have to work during church. I didn't have to work at night. And he provided with that, just that one income. I worked all the time. I slept 30 minutes in between jobs catnap real quick catnap and my kids they say I still live on that today because I can go to bed at two three o'clock in the morning and at six o'clock in the morning I'm ready to go again and I do that probably 99% of the time I live on that much sleep but God takes care of me and I trust him so you don't have to repeat any of that because everybody here understands that so just the size of this mustard seed it's so tiny that I can't even, I can't, well, I can see it if I do like this. But if I do like this, my fingers cover it up, you know. So that's all he's asking for us to have is that, that size of a mustard seed. Um, so he says to trust them. While this is very hard for us to do, we need to make it our priority See that that is where the works come in because we're trusting him. We're, having, we're putting faith with the works of trusting him. 
God does not fail us, and he would not put our trust in him, or we should put all of our trust in him and know that he is for us. Él dice que confiemos en él. Y, como, y sabemos que eso es difícil, pero, hemos, pero tenemos que hacer esto nuestra prioridad. Y entender que eso es lo que funciona. Y entender que ahí es donde funciona. La fe trabaja, confía en él. Dios no quiere que fallemos. Deberíamos de poner nuestra confianza en Él y entender que Él es para nosotros. The Word of God says in the book of John 10 and 10 when we read that scripture that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and to destroy. And it goes on to say, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Who's that thief? We know him. Some of us know him way too well. And some of us, you know, we should keep him under our feet. We let him get out of under our feet. And we forget to hold him captive there, you know. Um, and who is this I in this scripture? It's the I am. I am that I am is Jesus. La palabra de Dios dice en el libro de... Um, de San Juan, capítulo 10, verso 10, que el pillo viene solamente para robar, matar y destruir. Y ahí también dice, yo vengo para que tengan vida y para que la tengan en abundancia. ¿Quién es este pillo? Satanás. ¿Y quién es este yo en la escritura? Jesús. So I've given you guys a mustard seed. And you've seen how small it is. Several years ago, when my father, and I know that I've told this to you guys before, but it's so prevalent in my life because it reminds me that God can do anything. And he can do it for anybody. So, several years ago, when my dad, you know, he, he outright told me hell was where he would spend eternity because He was not going to turn his ways around, and he was not going to give his life to God, and he was not going to do this, and he was not going to do that. Varios años atrás, cuando mi padre me dijo que él nunca iba a corregirse con el Señor y que el infierno iba a ser la eternidad para él, porque él se rehusó a cambiar su vida. Y también mencionó que él no iba a cambiar, que él no iba a buscar del Señor, que él no iba a hacer esto y que él no iba a hacer tampoco lo otro. Yes, but I believed. I have faith. I knew that faith without works is impossible, right? So I put works behind it. I prayed. I fasted. I believed. And it wasn't easy. Because none of that is ever easy. It's not easy to fast. I hear people tell me all the time, sister, I can't fast. Sister, I have diabetes. I can't fast. Sister, I have this. I can't fast. People tell me all the time, you know. But let me tell you that with God, everything is possible. We can do Amen. it. We can fast. We can pray. We can read the word. So was it easy? Absolutely not. But because I did it, and I didn't give up, God, he took care of it. I trusted in him. I believed, and the Lord let, 
let me be there to watch that moment. And it was just out of the blue. I get to Chicago. My dad's in the hospital, you know, the ne very next morning. I didn't even get to say good morning to him because my mother rushed him to the hospital. And what happens? I get to go to the hospital for a couple of days. And um, I used to always go to Chicago and tell my friends at work, oh, my God, this is going to be the weekend. And I'm going to talk to my father about Jesus. And I'm going to get my dad to turn his life around. And then I'd come back to work and they'd say, how did it go? Like, didn't go too good. Because my dad would shut me down before I even got to talking about the Lord. He knew exactly. It was like the devil had already put a barrier. And before I even got to sit down and be comfortable next to my dad, he was like shutting it down. He'd start calling on my mom. He'd start doing all these different things. And, and I didn't get to talk to him. But when he was in the hospital, God turned that around. And... Um, not only did I get to tell him, <clears throat> but the very next morning when I went to visit him, I wasn't there present when that night happened. All I did was talk to my dad, tell him about the blood of Jesus, tell him that the blood of Jesus saves. And what it, whatever happened after that, when I went home to my mom's, my dad's house, and I went to sleep, and I woke up the next morning, and I let the day pass, and I went back to the hospital the very next day, what happened? My dad was like totally different person. He was talking totally different, and he was acting totally different. Go ahead. Yo creí y tuve fe, y puse todo eso a trabajar. Yo oraba, yo ayunaba. Era fácil, claro que no, pero porque no me rendí y confié en Dios, le creí y el Señor me dejó estar ahí para ver lo que, estaba, lo que había pasado. Mi padre oró y también fue llenado del Espíritu del Señor justo al frente de mis ojos. Yes. So, that very next day when I went back and my dad was a different person, And I, I was standing next to him, and he was talking to a pastor. And the pastor, I, I started to walk away because I was like, oh, he's really talking to this pastor, the one who he always said, Brother Mike is here. Give me five minutes with him, ten minutes tops, and you better get in here and stop the conversation because I'm going to give him five to ten minutes of my time because he didn't want to do any Bible studies. He didn't want to pray with Brother Mike. He didn't want to do any of this stuff. So my mom, obedient as she was as his wife, she'd give him five, ten minutes, and then she'd hurry up and go in there and stop Brother Mike from visiting with my dad and trying to help my dad find Jesus because my dad had already warned her, five, ten minutes tops. But when he was talking to Brother Mike, and it was a whole different conversation, he was a whole different person, his voice even sounded different. It didn't even sound like my dad, but it was my dad. So what do I do? I say, well, I could come back. No, 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 sister. If you're going to want to come in on this conversation, that's what Brother Mike said. So I came in, and I just watched my dad talk to Brother Mike and visit with him. And just he was, his, his mannerism was a different person. He was speaking things that he had never spoke before. Go ahead, Tiffany. ¿Dónde está eso? Yo, yo, yo lo puedo decir. So yo 
I didn't write this down, so she's like, where is that at? So she, she's doing a great job translating, let me tell you, because this is only in English, and she's saying it's perfectly in Spanish, but that's why she's like, where is that at on here? Anyways, so, um, ustedes entendieron, ¿verdad? Mi papá, él, él cambió de la noche a la mañana, él cambió la mentalidad de él, él fue un, una persona diferente, él estaba hablando diferente, y ustedes conocen a mi papá, they know my dad, or they knew my dad. Mi papá era fuerte. Y él, y él lo que decía, decía, y no le importaba nada. You know, he, what he said, it went, and he didn't care about nothing or nobody. And he, he was adamant. And if he liked you, he liked you. And if he didn't like you, he didn't like you. And he didn't care to tell you. So, um, pero de la noche a la mañana, mi papá cambió. Su actitud, su forma de hablar, su personalidad hasta cambió. Tenía un diferente rostro. He had a different, like a an appearance about him was different. So I don't know what he did that night. He probably talked to the Lord. I'm, I believe that he talked to the Lord. I believe that the Lord talked to him because he was a different person with a different, like he was, his whole facial, everything was different about him. And so when it got to the point where I heard this rattling and nobody else could hear it, the Lord said, And so I immediately turned towards my dad. I laid hands on my father's forehead, and I just started praying. And my father started praying, and he started speaking in tongues. <laughs> and my sister was standing behind him, and my daughter was sitting in the window. And Brother Mike had already came and had, I had my hands like this on my dad, and Brother Mike put his hands on top of my hands. Brother Mike is really tall. And, and here I was, short, my dad sitting down on the bed, and we just started praying that prayer. And my dad just started speaking in tongues. And my sister was, like, shocked. And my daughter was in the window, and she was like, what? And he was a different person. And that's what God does to us. I came into the church. I was me. I was me, all messed up, Maria came into this church on 25th and Jones. Miguel was a part of Calvary at that time, and he was young, and he was 18, 19 years old. And he used to take off running in that church. He'd get the Holy Ghost, and he'd take off running. You remember that, sister? He'd just take off running in the church, and that would scare the heck out of me. I was like, what in the world is happening? And I, I didn't want that Holy Ghost. Because I was like, if that's what the Holy Ghost does to you, I don't want it, you know. But I used to get so excited. And I don't even know how he didn't bust his face with those beams that used to hold up the church. Because it was a very little spot for you to run through. And he'd just be running in the Holy Ghost. And, and he wouldn't stop. Like, when he'd get close to those beams, he wouldn't slow down or nothing. He was just taking off. He would just run. And, I mean, I'd never seen that before. Not in the Catholic Church. I didn't see that. And uh, anyways, so my dad was able to be filled with what was, had filled me and had changed me and had got me away from depression medication and from all of this stuff that the enemy used to tell me. And he used to, you know, tell me I wasn't worthy and I wasn't this and I wasn't that. And I wasn't even going to amount to nothing and all of this stuff. 
I couldn't even, I, I would have never, back then, I would have never stood before anybody to speak. But I say it's all for the glory of God. God is good. He's been good to me. Yes, thank you, Jesus. He's done a lot of things for me, and I feel like he's going to bless Tiffany and her family through this ministry. And honestly, I'm going to give you a little secret. I don't feel that God has brought the Spanish people in yet because he's preparing us. Because when the, when the Spanish people get a hold of God, it's like, whoa, because they start multiplying so fast that it's like, what in the world just happened? You know, it's not like, you know, we, we go invite one person and bring them in. They're, they're going to bring their families they're going to be hungry for this. And so I feel like God is preparing us. He's helping us. He's helping you to be great at interpreting and speaking in public speaking because he's going to bring a harvest that's going to need people that are strong in their faith and believe that he is going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or even think. God is going to do it. And so it's been taking us months, almost a whole year, <laughs> but God is going to do it. See, he has to prepare us first because we have to be organized in this, right? Because God is a God of organization. He's not a God that we're just, oh, my God, you know, let me get my notes out and let me do this. No, he wants us to be prepared because when they come in, we have to be ready. So I believe that that's what God is doing. And I... And I thank you guys for supporting us and for always, you know, making it a point to be here because um, it's going to take a village to love on these people once they start coming in. Juanita, yo no sé si me entendiste completamente lo que yo dije, pero yo sé que el Señor nos está preparando a nosotros, a los hispanos que estamos aquí en el Señor. Él nos está preparando a nosotros porque nosotros tenemos que poder recibir esa cosecha que va a venir. Okay? Él necesita que nosotros estemos listos, que Miguel se prepare, porque hay cosas que hacer para el Señor y no podemos seguir dejando que el enemigo no, nos lleve al, al hoyo. Tenemos que levantarnos y decir, you know what, I can do this. I can do this. We can't keep letting the, the enemy steal the thoughts that the Lord put in our minds. He's given us the power. We have the anointing of the Holy Ghost in us to be able to do what he's called us to do, and that's what we will do. Yes. And Sister Juanita says that she's been praying and she's been seeing the hand of God moving in her family. And so we, we believe that God is going to, he's going to do a harvest. So we need to be ready for it. So um, going back to my father, he didn't live a long time after that. He actually, he never left the hospital. He lived a couple more days, different, happy. He was a different person. He was nice to my mom. She would go visit him and he, and he was just sweet as pie, you know. And so my uncle, he couldn't understand that. He wanted to know why. How could God do that? How could God change you and take you so fast? See, this is the same uncle that wouldn't be baptized because he was not ready to change his life. He was a Latin king, and he wanted to hang out with his gang buddies, and he did not want to give his life to God. And he was comfortable with just going to church sometimes 
and leaving the church and going right to Beach and Spalding where he would hang out with his Latin King buddies. And he never wanted to change his life. So he died six months after my father passed away. He passed away in his home by himself um, and had never really, that we know of, never really gave himself to the Lord. He did talk to my mom about doing a Bible study, and she had all these scriptures written out for him, and he was supposed to come to her house and pick them up, and he never did. And, um, and then two days later, he was found dead in his home. Él no vivió mucho después de eso, hablando de su papá. Él murió unos días después de su experiencia, pero el Señor lo mantuvo hasta que él estaba completamente preparado para irse con el Señor. Y yo tengo un tío que, un tío que vio lo que estaba pasando, pero no entendía lo que estaba pasando, nos decía cómo eso pudo haber pasado. Y él... Preguntaba del Señor, pero él no, de conocimiento de ellos, él no buscaba del Señor. Él decía que no se iba a entregar al Señor. Y iba y estaba con sus amigos y regresaba. Y poco después, seis meses después, lo encontraron muerto en su casa solo, porque había muerto solo. Y ellos no saben si él se entregó al Señor o no. Sí preguntó a la mamá de ella por el Señor, pero no se sabe. So see, our God knows, he knows everything. He knows what he's doing, and he doesn't have time to waste. That's what I told my uncle that day when he told me that. He stood before my dad's casket, and I told him, I said, God's not, he's not about to lose a soul. And when he gets that soul, sometimes he got to hurry up and snatch it up because he doesn't have time to waste and let the enemy come and kill and steal and destroy again. Because that's what he does to us. So um, he does things on his own time. He wants us to trust him. He wants us to have faith in him. And he wants us to continue to pray and put work behind our faith. El, mi papá no se fue del hospital. Oh, sorry. Él no se fue del hospital y no estaba tentado a seguir su vida de pecado. Yo siento que el Señor lo llamó a él porque él estaba preparado. Él se entregó tu vi su vida al Señor, se arrepintió y yo tenía un... Oh, sorry. Y Dios sabe lo que está haciendo. Él no tiene tiempo para perder. Él hace todo a su tiempo y Él quiere que nosotros confiemos en Él, que tengamos fe en Él y que continuemos a orar y para poner... Y para poner nuestro trabajo en nuestra fe. Thank you, Jesus. So, and as a church today, we have started the 30 days of prayer and fasting. Today's December the 1st. And we're supposed to start our prayer and fasting today. And the only day that the Lord is going to give us off is on Christmas. But prayer and fasting for 30 days. There's churches that are doing prayer and fasting for 30 days. Many 30-day prayer and fastings, and their churches are growing. They're flourishing. They're, they're bringing in souls left and right, but they're doing it. Why? Because they are showing God that, you know what? We believe in you. We trust in you, and we're going to do our part. 
And so they're praying, they're fasting, they're, they're getting together. And see, the, the good thing is that we're not going to do this by ourselves. We're not praying and fasting by ourselves. We got a, a church body that are going to pray and fast with us. So um, if you need God to answer some prayers, the best way to do it, you have some loved ones that are lost. If you need some things in your life, do you need to get closer to God? I challenge you to put the works and faith together. Take advantage that a church, that the church is going to be doing this together. Lay aside habits that keep you from the word of God, from communing with God, and make sure to add the fasting in because in your weakness, God will be strong and he will help you fast if you're committed by having that mustard seed of faith. Where's that mustard seed? I can only find it because it's on black. And my mustard seed is like a brownish color or yellowish color. But so see, this is the thing. Just that tiny little bit of faith that we need to have. We can fast. We can pray. We can give up some things in this next 30 days. We can put aside some things in this next 30 days and watch what God will do with our faithfulness. Como iglesia hoy. Hemos comenzado los 30 días de oración y ayuno. Y si tú necesitas que el Señor conteste oraciones que tú tienes, que salve a amados tuyos y conocidos, vamos a crecer junto a Él, Señor. Y te, oh, te okay. exhorto a que pongas tu trabajo y tu fe junto. Coge, sorry. Aprovecha, Aprovecha, sorry. Sí. Aprovecha de que tenemos una iglesia que está dispuesta a hacer todo esto juntos. Vamos a dejar atrás algunos hábitos que nos mantienen de la palabra de Dios, de comunicarnos con Dios y asegurarnos de añadir el ayuno porque en nuestra debilidad Dios nos va a hacer fuerte y Él va a ayudarnos a ayunar si estás entregándote a Él. Y si tienes... Una fe como esta semilla de mostaza, tú lo puedes hacer y vas a ser fuerte para hacerlo. Entonces ella dice que podemos dejar cosas atrás que no nos convienen para entonces dejar que el Señor entre en nuestras vidas para que podamos entregarle nuestro tiempo en ayuno y oración para seguir creciendo. Podemos dejar un, un desayuno, un almuerzo para entregarnos y mientras oramos y leemos su palabra que también pongamos entonces también el ayuno en eso. Yes. So she's saying, she finished it up by concluding what we had already said, that we need to give up a, a meal, a, a breakfast, a lunch, maybe all in one day. Um, drink water. Trust God. Believe with the seed of a mustard faith um, that God can and he will do it. So we have, um, we're going to end with this song. Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. 
Calvert Church is located at 406 North 44th Street in Mount Vernon, Illinois. Service times are Sunday school at 1 p.m. every Sunday, except the last Sunday of each month, and worship service at 2 p.m. Also, we have an all-church service at 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Calvary Church is affiliated with the United Pentecostal Church International. Thank you, and have a blessed day.